Ehlers with a quick swing pass. It's Keaton Mitchell at the sideline. Across midfield. It's a foot race. And Keaton Mitchell has gone. And Hooker can't take a sack. Double clutches. Throws. It is caught. Did they get the timeout? Through McCoy. Finn. All kinds of time. Gonna take a shot deep middle. Welcome back to the Burning the Red Shirt podcast. I'm your host, Zach Tao, and I'm back with Chris and Andrew. Finally, the Holy Trinity has reunited here on Burning the Red Shirt. Um, I want to jump right in and ask Andrew, at what hour of the trip to Athens did you black out? Dude, I, so I've learned from uh, doing this as annually as we can. Uh, that's I've, I've learned how to pace myself to some degree. Stillwater, when we went to Bedlam, was probably the closest I've come to just being in a, t- a total uh, blackout on game day. Like we, all the games I think we've gone to, with the exception of maybe one or two, and closing in on ten at this point, I would say for tri- for trips, uh, all the games with the exception of one or two have been three thirty games. And the idea, right, is you're you're trying to get to the tailgate as early as you can. Factoring in different variables, you're talking what what that nets out to is probably about like a nine a.m. nine to ten uh, when you start getting after a type deal. So eleven and o'clock. Still water. Yes. That's the answer. What was that? So eleven o'clock is the answer. <laughs> still water was the closest though, uh, largely because we all decided to slug a bunch of vodka right before we went into <laughs> the game. But I, that the Bedlam game I went to, there was like 50 points scored in the first quarter. It was just Mason Rudolph and uh, Baker going back and forth, just slinging thing. And I remember very little of it and kind of just came came out of it and back into it uh, in the middle of the second quarter. But and on, at Athens, I, I, I mean, pacing myself is not really the right word because I was uh, we were just murdering uh, Trulies all, all morning. But um, I, w- I was feeling pretty good pretty good by the time the game kicked off but i mean really the five hours it sounds like a lot right you get there nine or ten game kicks off at 3 30 but it's it's everything is so jammed together especially when you're fortunate enough like we were to have like game day on campus right you got to go and experience game day for a little bit uh we use professional tailgating company that and they like as much as they try and say like okay breakfast is going to be here at this time lunch is going to be here at this time TV's going to be, everything's going to be set up for you by when you get there, like at nine or 10, nothing really shakes down as well as it should, because they're doing this for like 60, 70 different tailgates in a, uh, in a, like a square uh, area and like things in, invariably go wrong. So you can try and map out how things are going to go. Things don't really like, it's not as linear and perfect as you would like it to be. So everything kind of just get, gets jammed together. And, uh, but yeah, uh, no real, no real blacking out uh, occurred at this. Uh, I'm assuming it was a good time though. Of our annual trip, but it, it was good. Um, did, did you go in the game? Did you get tickets? So we did, of course. Uh, every we did not go the StubHub route. Instead, went the route of trying to buy sketchy tickets uh, in person, which that's out exactly how you expected it to. That's like, about the only way I would expect it. A lot of fake tickets. Um, all of us got into the game. I didn't end up really getting a seat because my tickets were. Of course, other people had them as well. Um, so I just kind of roamed the upper concourse and like uh, and went from like one side to the other relative to the game flow. But it was still amazing to experience. Um, I One of the biggest takeaways, I think, was that when we do, like one of my buddies described it as the whole operation is what you would expect from like a, a, a big, a big operation being run by a university. In the sense that, like, you probably could have just walked in if you tried hard enough. No one's, no one's gonna chase you because they're just playing a numbers game. Like, yeah. there's ninety, there's ninety thousand people going to the game. What are they gonna do? Run after you? Um, so next time, maybe we just won't buy tickets and we'll just try and like, it, we'll just area fifty one that shit. Um, they can't stop all of us, kind of deal. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. So I, the I game was- you for a, no, peg you for a truly guy, by the way. Dude, so I've been Team White Claw for the longest time, and uh, largely because the same group of friends was so on the White Claw bandwagon a couple of years ago when we did our last trip. But they were like, "No, no, you can't do that anymore. It's uh, it's not clean enough. Like the vodka iterations are like 
are much better. They, they fill you up less. They, uh, there's the hangover is not as bad. I was like, I'll try whatever. Like, let's just get a lot of alcohol. And so our trip was initially supposed to be nine people. So we bought, like, we did everything for nine people. And then two, two of us had, uh, two of my friends had like, uh, like, uh, kids and family members getting sick. So they bailed. And then turns out, um, one of us just wanted to, to do edibles the whole time. So he's not drinking. And then another one of us, uh, like, was not in a good place to drink either so we bought enough alcohol for nine people and there's only five of us and then of course we we forgot the vodka and tequila at the at the place we were staying so all we had was truly's which was fine um but yeah i think i'm a convert from white claw truly like it was good it, like it lived up to the hype uh, it, it was clean it went down just the smooth taste like sometimes i i am a snob when it comes to that kind of stuff if it doesn't taste good i'm not gonna like i'm here for the taste as much as i am anything and it, yeah. it was good i enjoyed the taste of truly's i'll be i can go back to that all right well i'm gonna bin, i'm gonna build like truly here for that little ad we just ran for him so um <laughs> anyway well uh let's let's move on past the georgia game i know it was Good game. Great game for Andrew. Um, but did, I guess we won't pass that game. Did it go as you expected or was it a shock to you that Tennessee was stifled the way that? Um, if you had asked me what I thought would happen, I probably would have said this, but I don't know if I would have actually believed it. I mean, it was great to, the only thing I would say that was a letdown is the confluence event of events between the weather and just the total game control. Didn't lend itself to Stetson thrown for 405. Instead, they just kind of said whatever in the second half and let him sit on his 250 and three or whatever it was, which is a little annoying. Um, but <laughs> I, I felt pretty confident going in uh, overall. So I, I can't say I'm surprised. The, the vibes of the crowd in the post game and just overall the atmosphere definitely was comparable, I would say, to when we did Alabama and for my bachelor party and uh, number five Alabama took down number one Mississippi State at Brian Denny, and the fans were just like, "eh, we expected it." Right. Uh, like they just kind of walked off, no field storming, none of that jazz, and kind of the same deal here, I would say. Chris, what do you think? I think in my heart of hearts, I knew uh, Georgia was just going to control the game and, and win convincingly, but I just really wanted Tennessee to win, so I couldn't say it out loud. So let me ask you this. Does it make you think differently of Oregon? With so much changes. Well, no, no. I mean, I know Oregon's a better now, team. Like, right. I'm saying that's, a, that's such a. I mean, it was first game with a brand new quarterback and a coach. brand new coach. Yeah, and I, it was a I home so. game, basically. Yeah, I, I think I think there is some credence to it. I, I'm just I'm wondering if you think that, like, you know what they <laughs> shut Oregon down, dominated them, and they just dominated the number one team Tennessee pretty much the same way maybe they didn't score as many points but well, they, they shut them down so what is I that? think a lot of things here this is one of those situations where like you play and what are they ranked and then you check you check it out at the end of the season well, right? no, I, like, I, I know I think I, I think we'll find out at the end of the like I think we'll mm-hmm. discover at the end of the season that Tennessee's a top 15 team they're not a number one they should like they were number one because they had the best resume, but that doesn't yeah. make them the best team, right? right? And then Oregon, I think, I mean, <clears throat> if they're undefeated, they're 100% deserve to go uh, in the playoff. If they're 12-1, and one, they have a strong case, right? Or I, well, They're not going to be undefeated. They're 12-1, and one, they have a strong case if they went out, right? Right. But I have a feeling they lose one, one of them, and I have a feeling if they did make the playoff, they'd get smacked. They have yeah. to be a three seed too, right? Because no one wants to see Georgia, Oregon, again. No one wants to see Georgia Tennessee again either. Right? Like no. the, I, I don't like the no one wants to see that. Like you either want them in the playoff or you don't. Like I would rather. I, I said this on Twitter. I think it was Jared. I, he was commented back on me, but I said like I would much rather see a team play again that played in week one than a team that played in week ten. Right. Like you're more of who you are in week 10 than you are in week one. And that's, that's obviously my opinion, but I just feel like if you're going to try to avoid um, rematches, then you you can't put Oregon in at four and you can't put Tennessee in at four if Georgia's number one. So I don't know. I, 
I'm not trying to get in a playoff discussion. I think discussion. the Tennessee I'm... thing is fine. I mean, I think rematches are unavoidable for one. You're right. They they're, are. They're going to happen at some point. <clears throat> Especially with a 12-team playoff coming. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but those spots don't feel as, like, precious, right? When there's four, it's like, man, you really have to get this right. Like, and if, when there's 12, it's going to be like, well... Like, are we really going to get upset if, but if the whole point they get is, a rematch, but they were the eight seed? But the problem is when you have four spots, it's you, you rank the teams. Well, we really think they're the fourth best team, but we don't want them to play the one teams again. So we're going to put them at three. Well, you even... know how we feel about this. Andrew <laughs> and I have discussed this. They just, I was just going to say, we, we they're going to do whatever they want. Teams, what it should be, right? They're going to do whatever they want right. to yeah. make people talk about it and stir people up. Right, right, and then when right. it comes down to it, they're going to make a business decision. You're right. I don't disagree with that. I'm just telling you my yeah. my thought process. Okay. Um, we won't talk about Maction this week because Andrew is recording the games tonight. He doesn't want to talk about them. So uh, we won't talk about those games. But we'll talk about last night. Um, Andrew and I are playing in the playoffs in Dynasty. And it was kind of like Andrew, actually, I'll quote him. He's, it's a chess match when you have Maction players. Um, I had Daquan Finn. It was kind of almost game time decision whether he was going to play or not. Um, and I don't remember who you, who you considered playing. I don't know if you did or not. I don't know what you ended up actually doing. It was from, yeah, I, mean, I screwed it up. I was Well, I, I knew I was playing Wiggles on Ohio. Whoops. He put up like two points. And then I was on the fence about – uh, Jawan Newton and I did not play him and should because oh. he got he got all, all the targets and the line the line was more than acceptable in half PPR I think he put up a little a shade under twenty which mm-hmm. I would have taken um, so not the best start for me fortunately we saw enough players in this league where I'm not even close to dead well if you get a Mordecai performance again I'm I'm fucked either way so it doesn't really matter um, but you actually we played last week. Speaking of rematches, we played last week. Oh, did we? Yeah, I didn't we, we played in the this last. Is the problem, week. the problem with the the two uh, the two opponent thing is, I don't even look, I don't even look at both most of the yeah. time, and I might not even look at either. I more or less just kind of focusing on my roster. How, how many scored? How much you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was there anything you guys wanted to, to talk about with Maction? I know Chris has been doing the little uh, previews, the DFS previews. Um, I don't know if you guys have. Those seen are them. cool. We posted like it's them. Getting a yeah. lot of love. Yeah, it's getting more love than the ask. podcast. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> let me ask about Maction. Is it unreasonable to want any sort of idea behind injury status before the game? I'm not talking I need full written out, but like this is bad for Maction, right? Like all these random injuries and all of a sudden, like if you think about who their audience is, it's gamblers and fantasy sports players, right? This doesn't help. This doesn't, this craziness doesn't help, right? Like people are just not going to gamble and not play fantasy sports on it Mm. now, right? Yeah. Tonight, what you informed me in terms of the last five minutes and what we, the first five minutes, right? Uh, It's too, tonight is too much overall. I think that it balances out in a way that I really enjoy between like I, what I don't want personally is standard injury reports. I think that's the worst thing for what I want to do in yeah. what I want to do yeah, in terms of fantasy and gambling. Um, I don't. I think that once you get standard standard injury reporting, basically looking at uh, something that's akin to the NFL and a lot of quote unquote edges lost. I think that there is an in between, uh, a happy medium between standard injury reporting and what is going on tonight with Maction. And I think that we find that happy medium to my satisfact to my satisfaction more often than not. Um, but yeah, tonight is a wasteland. Yeah, I just have a problem and I don't have a I agree with that. <clears throat> Nothing has to be super standardized, but it would just be nice if someone didn't even travel to the game. <laughs> right, right. That somebody would say like and maybe it's the beat writers. It, so it is four it's and a half of them that are in the did you like the the Kent State beat writer quit this week? Did you see that? I did not. <laughs> he's tired of it too. Yeah, he's. Been, you think uh, the coaches are like, don't say shit about this guy not traveling? Um, there might be some of that. So that that article that we saw from like saw from one of those like those. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, injury reporting or lack thereof from a couple weeks ago with uh, with Rising. It, I mean, it was so insightful on this. It just talked to how and why the broadcasting crew does have privilege and more information, and it makes total sense. Can you hear me or no? Yeah. yeah. I, hear you. I assume you can't. Fuck. Yeah, we can hear you. We just do your. Uh, oh, and he's there gone. You went. I. I'll kind of pick up on it. So the, the, what Andrew was discussing was the the Fox article about how um, on, Utah, that whole rising wasn't playing, and Utah tricked them essentially where the commentators, the announcers had no idea. So they had done all this prep for rising. They even made mention of rising, and you see mm-hmm. him run on the field, that quarterback run on the field, and it's not rising. It was very, <laughs> very weird. <laughs> But like I don't, you know, I I don't care if an announcer has insider info. Like, if you yeah. want to tell them, hey, this is what's going down. Don't say anything. Like, well, that 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 one Oklahoma beat writer. I assume you follow him. I don't I don't know if it's Gabe Bickard or someone else. Where he he sends out the depth chart with circling who's he sees in warmups every uh, week. It's amazing. And like yeah. obviously that's not that's not going to be a perfect. Uh, inclination for who's going to play, but that can you imagine if we got something like that from action? Yeah, I mean, we'll never get that from action. No, obviously, <laughs> right? I I tweeted a I DM'd a beat writer once and asked him if a player was good, and he was <laughs> kind. He responded back saying, "Yeah, he's there's no reason for him to think that he's out. It's just a little bit of like a split carry situation." Dude didn't play the next game. Of course, <laughs> due to injury. Yeah, the, I'm like, the, um, the Kent State, the, the Kent State beat writer who just quit. He wrote in his write up leading up to last week that he didn't think uh, Schley was going to play, and then obviously he played. Um, so, hmm. yeah. All right. Well, um, let's talk a little bit about, I guess, some of the games last week, real quick. Just kind of recap a few of them. Um, we already talked about Georgia, Tennessee. Um, let me see here. Was there any? You don't actually, want to do the the, the that's in Heisman conversation for we, the next twenty minutes. I I think you can do that. On There's your no own. such thing as yeah. Kirby's killed it. He's... I, I don't know, man. The odds, uh, the betting markets say otherwise. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess right because like Hooker, it'd be hard for Hooker to win the Heisman. Yeah. Um, Stroud obviously last week. It really feels like it's now pivoted to. Corum and Drake May and Caleb Williams and then the uh, Bo Nix. They all they all feel like kind of meh. You had, had to throw Bo in there. We saw. We know. What I mean, mean, his season's been incredible. Yeah, so I don't think he's going to win the Heisman. I mean, you'd have to have a lot of stuff happen for that right. to actually happen. But he's definitely put himself in the right. top five category. Yeah. Um. So like a lot of stuff like Alabama losing to LSU. Now. I, I didn't really know much about LSU. I didn't really watch LSU a whole lot. I remember watching them against Florida State thinking, man, both of these teams just suck. Neither one of these teams should win. And, and of course, Florida State, then they win on a blocked extra point or something like that. Like it was a yeah. something. Anyway, um, like I thought, oh, LSU is just their 10th. You know, they're just by, kind of by default. They don't know who else to put there. They're not really that good, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm watching this game. I'm thinking like, okay, maybe Alabama's just not any good. I, I like refuse to believe LSU's any good. For some reason in my head, I didn't think LSU was any good. But Jaden Daniels has actually put up a really good season. A lot better than we thought after about week one or week two. So what do you guys think about him? Or LSU in general? Uh... I mean, there's no way they beat Georgia. Like, I don't, they, right. the, the offense is way too one dimensional. It's just Jaden Daniels running with his, like a chicken with his head cut off, right? Like, yeah. And he's very yeah. good at it. He's, he's a strong runner. He's, he's not afraid to take a hit, but I like, mean, the defense showed up too, though. Do. I mean, they, they, they showed up to play Alabama. I mean, it, it was. Well, the, the OC is this old Cincinnati OC, and it's basically just what they were doing with Ritter. Ritter it's like, all right, right go, dude, go make a play, uh, hit a receiver, yeah. hit, throw it to a tall receiver, use your legs, and right. let's do it. Yeah. So, so do you, Andrew, do you think that 
that is a competitive game in the no. SEC championship? Yeah, right. No, I, so, I don't like, think LSU makes it to the SEC championship. They're going to lose uh, after Thanksgiving to A&M, definitely. And they might trip <laughs> up before them, too. They have to lose twice, though, right? Yeah. They, they get Arkansas. Dude, yeah. Hornsby might start. Did you see this? Did not. Oh. Yeah. So look, Wait, they could lose to Hornsby. And they have like they Arkansas UAB. Southern or it's UAB. It's UAB. Yeah. UAB. Yeah. But they have to lose two Feisty SEC UAB games. squad. And that, oh, you're right. Yeah. I'm giving them a definitive L to, to Weegman and Jimbo. That, and then I guess you're right. I mean, it's a little tough for them not to, to make it at this point. But just be. Just because they have to lose twice, right? Um, because they have the tiebreaker over, uh, obviously Alabama, and then I guess they beat Ole Miss. But if Alabama so beats Ole Miss, you know they have the Ole, then Ole Miss is done. But how does it work with a three-way yeah. tie? If Alabama mm-hmm. beats Ole Miss, and then they all have one loss, how does that? Yeah, but about? Ole Miss lost to. Um, didn't Ole Miss lose to LSU, right? It's probably some funky like division record thing. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. That's what I'm saying. If if Alabama beats Ole Miss, gives them a second loss, LSU were to lose one of these last two games, and they all have two losses in the SEC, who who do they take? It's got to be some, yeah, like some like Andrew said, some wonky little like rule, like oh, highest ranked team gets to go. But yeah, maybe. I don't know, um, but Georgia Georgia won't have a problem with that, right? With LSU. <clears throat> All right, so the other top, I guess, ten games. Ohio State kind of struggled. Northwestern. I watched a little bit of that game. Wind was kind of absurd in that game. I think it was like forty mile an hour winds at points in that game. Clemson looked awful, like we've said they would. Um, <laughs> Can I, let me ask. Is, yeah. I I want. I asked Andrew and G Chat days ago and didn't mm-hmm. get a response. I presumably just has a had an IV in him and he's just recovering still. <laughs> but would you consider Louisville's defense in, against Clemson for Dude, I, uh, I have them in my home league and I'm I was I was pretty bought into using them. First of all, like just from a upside perspective, you could see you could see DJU taking sacks and throwing picks all day. All and, day. Right? So it could, I could see it playing out nicely, but in waivers ran today and i got pit against uva which is kind of not dissimilar like mm-hmm. uva is down like half half their uh receivers right i could see saxon picks from armstrong uh there as well with probably less a little higher floor so i feel like i end up using pit over uh louisville but i i would part of me really wants to use louisville even though it's probably not the smartest idea. I don't know, man. I'm so torn by it. It's for me. It's like I'm using Louisville. I'm using um, Houston against Temple, which feels sketchy considering what just happened with Houston. Right, right. Uh, but you know, it's their Temple's so bad. Yeah, but War- Warner, even though they, he throws a decent amount, he doesn't, he doesn't throw picks. It's annoying. He doesn't take sacks. Right. I don't know. Temple just got 54 in. up on I'm South in. Florida. Yeah. Yeah, that random guy Edward Sadie ran for like Yeah. He had like three hundred <laughs> some odd yards. Total. Yeah, and three touchdowns. Yeah. So all right, I guess Michigan, they kind of struggled early with Rutgers. Um right they were actually down at the half. Um I I, I almost said something in the G chat, but I was like, I'll wait and see if Rutgers gets to the fourth quarter. You knew, you knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. They've done it. I saw a post about it. It was like Michigan has played kind of tight in the first half, and then um, they've outscored people in the second half. Like, basically, they're like 21 25-0, 28-3. You know, like, everything is huge. And I think someone said uh, – I was looking at different, of course, highlights, clips, and things like that. And I think people – like, the offensive line just wears people down, mm. and then the running game just explodes. Yeah. Um, another one, I guess, UCLA – Beat Arizona State. Talk about Heisman candidates. We I've mentioned him before. DTR is playing well. If they can win out, be quite interesting how his uh, stats mm, will West, stack. Western Mississippi, though. You're right. No, it's there is a bias, but I'm just saying statistically, because um, I would assume they'd have yeah. to go through. Uh, they'd have to rematch Oregon, right? 
Or no, they the Pac-12 does the top yeah. two, don't they? They don't do no, a, they don't anymore. They don't do a sure. north. You're right. It's top, it's top two overall. They don't Not do the north south anymore. So I don't know. They might get them again. Um. Yeah, all four of those teams are like. Is it, have you seen this? So next week, Oregon plays. You no plays Utah. UCLA mm-hmm. plays USC. And people like the, Of course, the 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 media people are crying about the the reality that one game is kicking at eight o'clock Eastern, the other is kicking at ten thirty. And it's like yep. that's great. We love that. Right. You don't, but it was that one guy, that one reporter on Twitter. Um Yeah. What is it, McCullough, right? I forget. I, I remember seeing it. Brady but... McCullough or something like that. One of the California beat reporters. Oh, was he? I saw someone else say I mean yeah. Like, yeah. He's he was like all four teams deserve better. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh all speaking right. of Pac twelve, yeah. I'm just interjecting <clears throat> the whole time here, Zach. Don't worry. No, you're good. Uh Pac-12. Did you see the report Dan Patrick made about the Pac-12? I saw San Diego State. San Diego State was going to be joining. Like that felt like one of those rumors that it's just like, why would you even say that? Like, there's not. That's no way that's going to happen. Well, why wouldn't it happen? I also saw people calling back to every all the proclamations he made during COVID about what's going to happen with college football, and he was wrong about every single one. So maybe we shouldn't take him seriously when it comes to the sport. No, I, I, I used think... to listen to him a ton. I think he's like pretty entertaining, but oh, really? His his college football stuff is so bad. He's like <laughs> he needs to fire his sources because they're awful. But I don't I, I don't see why adding San Diego State would be a bad thing for them. They're losing everyone else. They got to put somebody in there if they're going to keep the conference afloat, and that's the biggest market available. So makes sense, but I don't know that it does much for them. If you add San Diego State. You're just, it's like adding Rutgers, right? You're adding a big market, but like the team is just not, it's not, I mean, I'm not, like, Pac 12's not amazing, but like San Diego State's been pretty since the Pumphrey years. I mean, but when, what options do they have? Where where are you going to go? I mean, there's not many options to get. Like, as far as big markets, that's the only one that's really available, unless you're going to try to go and get, BYU, and that's not even a big market. Well, BYU's got a great fan base, right? Whatever. Can I pivot this conversation? You can. What, um, so we're all, I'm, first of all, I'm, I'm so upset that I'm in seven in season managed leagues and I've only made the playoffs in four of them. Like, I, I, a a couple weeks ago, that felt somewhat unfathomable, and two of my teams just, totally torpedoed for no good reason other than I mismanaged them slash didn't give them the attention they deserved. So four out of seven is not really acceptable, but now let's see what we can do with those four. Um, but when you think about setting your lineups, managing your roster for playoffs relative to regular season, do you do anything differently or do you just kind of, um, or yeah, do you think about things differently when it comes to uh, what you're doing to prep for a playoff week relative to a regular season week? You mean I'll answer this one first. I I always come back to all right. I drafted these guys to win me a title. Don't overthink it. Play them. And now, if you've got like fringe guys, I think it really just comes down to who you think is the safest option to get you points. At least that's how it is for me. If I feel like he's probably he's probably a fifteen point guy, but I know he's going to give me fifteen points. I'm going to take him, especially if my other options are kind of boom or bust. Like I have a few of those guys, like, like my guy Sturdivant from Cal. He could have a great week. Yeah. He could have a great week. And then the next week have two catches for 19 yards. And it's, it's so hard to play him when it counts because kind of have to have everything go right. But I could have another guy on my bench that gets, or on my team that gets me, you know, eight catches, a hundred yards and touchdown. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. I can't, can't uh, argue with that, but Chris might think differently. He might go a little more. Most of my, I've made it in two out of five. And yeah, unacceptable. It yeah, it's just, you know, the two most important leagues at least, but um, most of my teams are pretty top heavy. So I don't really have a ton of like decisions to make, but I, I definitely want more consistency out of it. But I'm, I've also found myself just maneuvering action. Like some of my yeah. best players were like Devontae Walker, 
and um, Lou Nichols, who's been weird all season. So like, I have found myself sitting here thinking like, do I just put Nichols on the bench? And then if he's confirmed playing, I put him in. So I'm more looking at like backup plans in that regard. And then like Addison on a Friday, I have uh, Taj Washington, which is nice, but it just becomes a situation where I have to be so on top of it, which is really frustrating. Dude, I, to... I have in my home league, I have Addison, Mario and Taj. Hmm. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to end up just playing Taj. Cause... Yeah. Oh, I think we lost Andrew again. I was like in no shape to actually be okay. using my brain Saturday night. I was still able to mind stuff and I saw that Mario and both got, got ruled out going in like pretty early on. Um, mm. For yeah. last week's game, I have no idea if that's going to happen. Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Shit sucks. <laughs> He's back. He's gone again. Oh, uh, this is great. I've run into that with oh, with shit. Taj. Uh, that, like I had just said, so it is interesting just to have to to fight that battle. I think you're probably smart, Andrew, and that you need to just play Taj. But the problem is, it's kind of like with tonight with um, Devontae Walker. I have poke on the bench and I was like, well, I can't play poke if both those guys are playing. And so I ended up just not playing any of them. You know, I would rather just yep. play it safe and not take the zero. Like I'm playing Kyle Francis and he's playing Whaley, but he had no real idea that Whaley is, was, you know, and he played him in a flex spot. So I'm definitely, you definitely have to pay attention to the days of the week that they start because he just killed a flex spot. You know, now he has one last option for yeah. some other bullshit to happen to his running backs i've i've done a lot better on strategically lining up my flex spots I, sometimes I, I i forget and just throw them in there and like whatever whatever happens but i've been trying to leave my my uh later picks for the flex if i can because it gives me a little bit more flexibility in my lineup but um especially with maction though like I, I, you can't put him in your flex if he's going to play on Tuesday. What has happened? I got music in my headphones, guys. But I don't know where it's from. Yeah. It sounds cool. Though, just having, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I, you guys hear this? The, the introduction. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I think where did that, that come from? Stop touring ESPN and getting. Is that me? Oh, it is me. Stuff on in the background. Yeah, oh, wow. it's not. It's not. That us. was it's awesome. That, that was a cool sound. The, well, anyway, you guys will hear it on the on the pod. But um, yeah, go on. <laughs> I was gonna go down a, a, a tangent that no one wants to hear, but my, my take is <laughs> the opposite of you guys. I will lean into the idea of okay, that these are my best players. I'll roll with them during the regular season. But more, I think about when it gets to postseason time, I'm not relying on any stupid narratives like start your studs or these guys are got here. If I lose, it's going to be because I made my own bad decisions and I use my, my own brain and my own uh, logical arguments to arrive at the conclusions for who I thought it best to start. Obviously, they're flawed a lot of the time because uh, they're all just largely based on disinformation conspiracies and what the, the garbage that we have to deal with in college football. Uh, but... I don't know. That's how I, it'll allow me to sleep a little better at night than uh, just leading into some, some narrative. So, but, um, but regular season, as long as I'm not, I don't need to win. I'm fine. Kind of just setting my lineup and reacting relative to news that we get without trying to overthink things too much. That's fair. Like, I, I think I kind of do that. I, I know I said, I start my guys yeah. that got me there, but there's a lot of times where I'm like on the fence between two guys, like a guy that I've, kind of rode with all year but he hasn't really performed and this is how you arrive at starting wiggles and his two points and benching jerwan newton and his 22 so right but wiggles was a good play though yeah you know it wasn't like i would have done the same option. thing i would have done this exact same thing yeah. um like last week i i had my quarterbacks were will levis and that travis marsh from south florida who i picked how do you up say, how, what made you start that guy well if you saw my other options you would have done the same <laughs> um, I had DJU against Notre Dame. Uh, Nikosi Perry, yeah. I think, was on a bye. Daquan Finn yeah. was a no-go. Um, AJ Swan right. was not happening. 
Like yeah. it, it was it was one of those I picked him up because he was he was starting at South Florida. He's got some eligibility. I said, Yeah, I can ride with this guy for another year, see what happens, right? And it turns out I'm like, Well, guess I gotta start him because I didn't have any other choice. So that's how I got to that. But it, it turned out okay. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered because I got smoked either way in both of my matchups, but uh, he actually didn't play terribly. I think he got me like 20 points, 20. So, but yeah, like what, what you're saying though is like, you, you know, you want to be smart about your, your decisions. Don't just, don't just blindly pick the guys because you oh, my on name on paper that they're better. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like if a guy hasn't failed me all year long, it's hard for me to sit him down. Like Jaden right. Ott. I gotta play. I gotta play Ott right every time. Yeah. Even against USC, I thought he's he's gonna get the ball a lot, and turned out it worked out good. But well, USC's defense is just awful, so that's well, a good play. But I'm Cal playing is them against great. Zach uh, this week. What against Colorado? They're gonna they're gonna put up fifty points on Colorado against you. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> I, I gotta hope that my Tennessee defense does something. So. Yeah. Um, guys, I sent this to you in the chat earlier. I just wanted to put this out there. You guys follow that uh, CFB campus tour that guy that goes around all the games and apparently he has no life other than to do that. But he put a, a glass bowl fact that I thought was really funny. I don't know if it's true or not, but I don't know why I wouldn't think it's true. But I'm going to read it. Trajectory of the rocket outside the stadium is pointed 25 miles south towards Bowling Green State University. If the rocket were to be lit, it would blast off and land directly on the 50-yard line of the Falcons' Doit Perry football I mean, they got to be big rivals to do that, right? Yeah, you would think. That's, that's true. It's like an act of war, is it not? <laughs> Like if a if a country lines up a missile like directed at the Pentagon, like don't you think that we're taking that pretty seriously? Is it a live rocket? <laughs> I don't know. Probably like, could not. It feasibly. See, it's it's shit like this. Even with all the money that we light on fire in the Mac, it's still why it's shit <laughs> like this is why it's like one of the best conferences and why I'll always come back. Yeah, and they have like the what weird your... the weird rivalry trophies and stuff. But yeah, so cool. weird the wagon. Are they the wagon wheel or is that that's Mountain West, right? Or no, that I think the wagon wheel is Kent State Akron. I could be making that up though. I'll tell you in a second. Did you guys see who's going to be playing on um, on on weekdays in October next year? Conference USA, right, dude? <laughs> that mm. fucking conference. Like, I I am convinced that that conference will continue to only exist, even more so than most of our conferences now like to line a very few select people's pockets like there's no reason for these teams to exist in conglomeration together there's no there's no greater benefit being be that's coming from this there's no there's no uh, there's no regional ties or anything it's just it's literally they just they just were like hey do you want to join my club and some teams raised their hands and were like yeah i'm in I mean, oh, can you be D one first, please? And then the teams did like they they did it so they could be D one, and now they're now that now they're their conference USA. I wonder if they'll have an actual uh, in person media day uh, now. I, I highly doubt it. I, I don't think we're getting. I don't think conference USA is quite gearing back to, in that direction. Um, but yeah, the, the specs on their their TV deal are so funny. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, what what did you? I only know that they're going to be doing weekdays in October. Are there is what else is there to it that we know so right now? Each each school is getting seven hundred fifty thousand a year for the TV deal. So does that mean that Louisiana Tech doesn't have to get their ass kicked by Alabama next year? Or well, I get I means that like Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison are like making more than these schools. <laughs> I was about to say what a what a. Uh... Load of cash. And there, there is the argument, right? That it's like, oh, it's more about the exposure and like long term type stuff or whatever. It's like fine, but you're like, I don't know. It like, it feels gross. It just like this conference. I feel like, like conferences can dissolve. We don't need mm -hmm. just because it existed historically. Similar, like the Big Twelve could have dissolved. I think if all if all those G5 schools didn't come to bail them out, I think that that would have been the best thing. And then the AAC could have risen to be a power. They could have commanded that power 
and we all would have been a lot happier, but no. Um, I don't know. I think that the natural order of things, though, is not necessarily the Conference USA existing. I don't think that necessarily needs to be the case. Everyone's trying a little too hard there. Um, and I mean, to be, to be determined how it plays out. And yeah, you, yeah obviously, I'm, I'm here for the, the midweek October uh, void being filled. Right. I, I'll, you know, I'm down to watch. I'm down to gamble. I'm down to play fantasy sports. I'm down to have some football going on in Tuesday and Wednesdays in October. But it's a, it's a bit contrived. Hmm. Who do you think is the most valuable team in the Conference USA? Like, Dude, if, I, if there's I don't one even think team I can that's name appealing, I, I had to, I'm literally staring at a list or else I can tell you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess WKU, right? They're still there. There's that team's not appealing. Um, I mean, UTSA. In terms of... <laughs> are they still? No, are they still CUSA? UTSA currently, yeah. Um, what about UAB? Do you think UAB is like yeah. a better program slash more appealing? Appealing in what way? I don't know. For like maybe a like, I guess maybe the question is better suited as which one leaves next. <laughs> yeah, UAB and UTSA, they're like they're gone. Where'd they go? Sunbelt? AAC? Sunbelt? Florida Power Atlantic, Conference? Florida Atlantic. Charlotte? Yeah, they're, it's a ragtag bunch. Yeah. Are you sure CUSA and are they definitely? like? Are, is I mean, UAB? that's what I'm looking at ESPN and this is what the, you know, the current list of them is. Charlotte, FAU, FIU, yeah, Louisiana some of Tech. These schools are, some of these schools are gone, aren't they? I think Charlotte went to the AAC. Yeah, because mm. Jacksonville State, Liberty, New Mexico State, and Sam Houston join next year. Jacksonville yeah. State? So, yeah, they are Incredible. gone. They are gone. Right. Which so, ones are you're leaving? Good, the, in. You're making it sound Char- way more legit than. Oh my here. goodness! I have, I have the actual list. The actual six list is more incredible. teams are. Yeah, my bad. Six more are leaving. Yeah, it's, I so it's that. New Mexico State, UTEP, Sam Houston, Louisiana Tech, Jacksonville State, Florida International, Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky, and Liberty. Jesus Christ! I have to write about those people next year. <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing. It's an amazing group. So where did they go? Where did those teams go? I think a lot of them are AAC. Charlotte, mm-hmm. FAU. Yeah, oh yeah, because they Texas. lost Houston and uh, Cincinnati, right? Uh, yeah, Rice, UAB, and UTSA are gone to the AAC. Five teams just said we're out. We're going to the AAC. <laughs> That's funny. Love it. So, um, by the way, the yep. number one the number one rivalry in the MAC is the battle Battle of I seventy five, which is Bowling Green Toledo. That's awesome. So Toledo just has like a uh, an eternal rocket pointed at their university. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. That's awesome. I, I hope that's real. Actually, like it's not. It, it could just be complete, like a yeah, like a, like like a fable, like that they tell everybody on campus. Like, yeah, this is this is pointed at Bowling Green's fifty yard line. I mean, how would you do the math on? I mean, like, you, you, you got to light a... the rocket, but you got to know the rocket speed and the angle at which it comes out. It's got to be pretty accurate, right? It's got to be at a certain. Be. Yeah, I mean, why not do it? If that's if that's your rival, why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what now? It makes me question. Okay, what's Bowling Green got to shoot back? You send like a horde of falcons at him, or what? What are they doing? <laughs> they, they've been training falcons for years <laughs> yeah just waiting for the right time oh man well um i don't know how much do we want to talk about this week at all or do we just want to leave it there we can leave it I, I, i'm looking forward to in coming weeks i want to ref, it's always fun to reflect on mm. how much we got wrong and also I'm I'm starting to think about things like just through the lens of like process improvement. Um, so I think that'll be a fun discussion as well. Uh, I already have like have one long tangent to go down uh, to that to that extent. It didn't feel right to jam it into this show, but in an upcoming uh, one. Okay, so sure. I I know you want to cancel to knock this out, but I want to ask a couple questions about this week. Um, Fine. <laughs> um, do you give Ole Miss a chance against Alabama this week? Yeah. Yeah. 
If you, okay, I think just because LSU did it, Tennessee's done it. This is at, and they're at Ole Miss. Like, I like the I like the, I like the conspiracy theory that Bryce re re hurt his shoulder against. Uh, I've heard a lot of people say yeah, that. We're like, like people I work with say that they're like, hey, he's not right. He's something wrong with him. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he just they just aren't good. But we won't go there. Yeah, like every we're like one more loss away from Jameer Gibbs just being like, oh man, I hurt my toe. I need to sit out the rest of the <laughs> Did year. Did you see that today? Yeah, I saw somebody talk about uh, Judkins, right? I guess they said Saban was like talking him up. And I yeah, think yeah, yeah. He said, I, he, I was Nate, wasn't it? He said, I think that's his, Nate. he found his Gibbs replacement for next yeah. year. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I do find it interesting that, yeah, Alabama's lost close games, but it seems like every time they get into a game on the road, an actual road game that's actually against a decent team, they have trouble. Like, Texas should have beat them. Like, if, if Texas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had, if Texas yeah, okay. had beat them, like, we wouldn't even be talking about Alabama. Um, But that game, I guess Ole Miss is actually a 12-point home underdog. Um. Tennessee, 20 point, 21 point favorite. Okay, I know you said this Tulane isn't for real. You think they suck, Andrew. But you think they lose yeah. this week? You think they lose to UCF this week? I'm concerned with UCF's ability to navigate the QB situation properly. Dude, did you, you hear Gus say that? Uh, like JRP was cleared last week and they were, he was like, yeah, he didn't get enough practice reps. So he didn't get in that there, dude, there's no way you can clear him after that hit like four or five days ago or whatever. That's wild. Um, I think I'm, I'm still all the way in on uh, JRP, but I question how healthy he is. And I, I like Keenan. I think he's competent, but I don't know if, yeah, I think Tulane would have a good shot of winning that game if Keen if Keen starts. Well, they're a um, one and a half point favorite. Yeah. Keen, speaking of speaking Keen of clear, did you see the? Did you see the what went on with? Uh, and maybe it's just my own interpretation with uh, Texas A and M and how Jimbo threaded the needle on his explanation of Connor Weigman. The end. Say, talking about how the flu was going around the team and that Connor's not cleared, but thinking back to the previous game of how he slammed his head down on Turf got sacked and then Jimbo pulled him away from the the uh, medical the medical check guy, put him back in the game. Like you know he was concussed, <laughs> and you know just because the flu is going around the, the team that that the flu isn't the reason Connor didn't play. The reason Connor didn't play is he still doesn't know what day of the week it is. <laughs> um, that dude looks sick, man. He like next year is the year for Texas A&M. Like I'm gonna be all the way in on Weekman, Stewart, Muhammad. Like, um, but oh, will they still be there? I think that what you you I, the I think receivers. That, I think Weekman is definitely there. Um, you, oh, you, but, you think that you think they transfer out or go pro? I think that what the beliefs with respect to how this season has played out internally are probably vastly different than what people are saying externally, simply because I think that the, the expectations for them this season were based on recruiting over the last year and change. Right. And the idea that you're like that the recruiting ranks of the incoming class for Texas A&M is supposed to translate like top five recruiting doesn't necessarily translate to top five on the field. Right. And the reason not, that not in one year, like Al- exactly. The reason that we see with Alabama is they do, they do it year after year after year after year after right. year. Um, but I, I expect AM to like be able to retain their talent, hold firm with Jimbo. And I think next year's the year. Okay. Chris, you were going to say something. I was just going to say, I'd like, I think Mikey Keene is decent. I think he put on a good show for his, whoever decides they want to, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pay him yeah, to yeah. come transfer, like we talked about <laughs> before. About yeah, how... he's good. He's fine. He's fine. He's comparable. I mean, he's. I mean, he could definitely start at every single Mac school except for one or two. Yeah, I agree. All right, there's one more game. Is this the game that TCU finally falls? At well, Texas? now they're seven point dogs. I think 
Sonny's got him right where he wants him, right? There's no, <laughs> no expectations. You uh, can just hey, kind of go. You're running out of time for the collapse. Yeah. I mean, which is fine. I like, I, I hold no grudge at this point for lighting all my Chandler Morris money on fire and whatnot. Um, so yeah, let's cash that uh, big 12, 18 to one ticket, you know? Um, but there's no way Quentin Johnson plays this week, right? Like the the term was high ankle sprain. No one comes back from that in five days. <laughs> like he looked bad the, when he got hurt originally, and yeah. I think that's when the clock started. So he'll be he'll be he'll be at like what two weeks, fourteen days, and that's still not enough. Like Cedric, oh, Tillman, he wasn't. He didn't get hurt last week. He so he was hurt two weeks ago. Could not really move laterally, but like straight line was fine. He played the rest of the game, and then uh, he—I think he played one snap last week, and then they—and he was like, "It just didn't feel right, so I stopped." Which to that, me that, means that would, that would have been fun if you had the over on his player props, right? <laughs> I can only imagine how mad I would have been about that. Uh, so I think what ended up happening was they, he tried to play and felt like shit because the adrenaline wasn't there like it was the yeah. week before, and so yeah, I don't think he plays, but. Because Tillman was out. I mean, he has he had the surgery, but even then, right. right? Like, you're still he still would need another week or two. Yeah, I think it'll be a fun game. It'll be good. All right. Well, now we're for real going to leave it there. Um, had a few hiccups in the stream tonight, but uh, oh, I thought we did good. Hopefully, <laughs> self-proclaimed pretty good podcast this yeah. week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if we'll all three be back next week, but. Some form or fashion, two of us will be. Heck, Chris is like in these little solo videos. Maybe he just does the pod solo. Um, just we just do a mailbag. We do a mailbag and let Chris just answer questions. But uh, anyway, nobody guys, wants um, to hear that. Appreciate you guys listening to us. Make sure you like and subscribe if you haven't already. But next week, guys, see you later. Bye.